What's up, everybody? Pat Flynn here, and welcome to episode 1104 of Ask Pat 2.0. You're about to listen to a coaching call between myself and an entrepreneur just like you. Today, we're speaking with Jessica Rosario, who has a consulting business, and she also has a nonprofit and a nine-to-five job as well. We discuss the balancing of all of those things, and where we end up is pretty amazing. So I hope that you look forward to this and you get a lot of inspiration. And coming out of this, Jessica has a plan She also is excited, and I hope you can get excited too. So sit back, relax. Let's see how we can manage all this stuff that's happening and where Jessica can go next. This is, again, Jessica Rosario. You can check her out at jessrosario.com. Here she is. Hey, Jessica, welcome to Ask Pat 2.0. Thanks so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, this will be a lot of fun. Uh, If you don't mind, would you mind sharing with us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Absolutely. So... My name is Jessica Rosario. I actually work a full-time job and started a nonprofit organization a few years back. Uh, was going through life and, you know, was looking for some solutions that I couldn't find, so I created my own. And in that process, I actually started another LLC organization with my husband and stumbled upon coaching and consulting. So I've just been, you know, on a roll all along. And I'm just trying to kind of figure things out uh, on how to balance the career and the things that I love to do so that I can eventually leave the nine to five and then just focus on my passions. I love it. What, what is it that you and your husband uh, coach and consult about? So I'm I'm the one that does the coaching and consulting. Basically, it's business consulting. And I the way that started was um, when I started doing the nonprofit, I truly, I didn't know what I was doing. And I joined a couple of masterminds here and there. And I felt like I was the one giving everyone advice on, you know, how to move forward with their business and what kind of steps they needed to do and, you know, doing research based on the state and the requirements. So that's kind of how that started. And It took me a while to really, because I had been doing this in my career all these years, but not necessarily doing it for myself. So it took me a while to even just put myself out there and realize that, you know, that this is a passion of mine to be able to help people, you know, follow their passions and just be able to execute on some of their ideas. So it's something that I love to do, but I guess that that is the purpose of this call. I feel like I want to be able to continue to grow that because I have been able to, you know, start a nonprofit on my own. With my husband, we did a a janitorial cleaning service that went from, you know, nothing. I mean, it's only been a year and we're grossing over 105,000. So, and we did that on our own. Um, So I'm kind of looking into taking some of my skills and, you know, just pursuing that mainly and just helping others start their business and just take their ideas from ideas to, you know, their actual dream career. That's really cool, Jessica. First of all, congratulations to you and your husband and and what you're doing. I think that's really great. May I ask you with the passion that you have, and I can feel it to help others, uh, is there a specific kind of business or kind of person or target market that you have that you want to offer your advice to? Or is it kind of just for, for anybody? Well, uh, when I was narrowing down my ideal client, I started to look at, you know, age demographics and 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 that kind of thing. And I realized it's it's more to like, I want to say someone that's like either late twenties, 
you know, even early fifties, I had a client one time who was like 55 and, but, but the, the niche is more on the nonprofit side. Um, these are people that want to start something. They have the idea, they want to help other people, but don't even know how to even file for a 501c3 or don't know, you know, what their options are, how to fundraise and that kind of stuff. So the majority are, are women, although I do currently have a client who is a male and he is also um, a consultant. No, he's a life coach rather. He's a life coach right now. So, you know, so I kind of have different demographics, but if I was to say, I would say it would be women and in the nonprofit sector. Yeah, I mean, I, even from my perspective, based on what you said, it's it's less about the 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 gender and age, but 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 it's more about you're helping people start the nonprofit. Correct. And and I think that's a huge skill that that and, and I know you're doing this. You're you're owning it. That's what you're presenting. And the reason that's important, and you probably know this, is that it's it's not just important for you for reaching out to people and I, like, hey, if you need a nonprofit, I'm your girl. It's if somebody needs help with a nonprofit, they're gonna find they they're looking for a person just like you. Right. Because I was a little bit worried when you said, you know, I want to help people with their business. It's like that could be anybody that could be a, a, a person doing physical fitness and they want to build like a, a two hundred million dollar gym or it could be a person doing physical fitness and they want to just do it client based at home. And and that's a completely different thing. And and you have a specific skill set that is very needed and 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 very worthwhile to learn from because I mean everybody who's creating a nonprofit uh, is often doing it for very very well worthwhile reasons. So there's a lot of that involved in here as well. And it's not just about the money, it's about kind of who you're helping as well along top of that. So kudos to you for 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 owning that and and doing that. So okay, along those lines, like what what's on your mind? What what can I help you with? So I want to be able to figure out how to grow my consulting business. I, you know, I feel like I can replace my income if I just focus on that. And then that way I'm able to give back to the community through my nonprofit and do, you know, the things that I love to do. So I'm struggling with walking away from a six figure job where I've been, I have a career in banking for 20 years uh, 20 plus years actually. And I've moved my way up in the corporate ladder and, you know, it's kind of like that safety and security that I'm having trouble walking away from, even though I know that I make more an hour in the consulting side than in the actual corporate world. You got a good thing. It's going to be hard to walk away from that, right? Right, right. So that's my my that's my fear. But then I also, you know, having a, a, a great job, you know, that also comes with a huge amount of responsibility. And, you know, I, I always call it those golden handcuffs, you know, where, you know, you kind of don't have a choice. I can't make up my own time. I, I don't have a lot of autonomy because I still report to someone else. So was able to apply some of, you know, that structure because um, I'm very strategic and I, I focus on accountability with my clients. So when it comes to that, I'm, I'm great at it when I'm telling somebody else to do it. But I feel like when it when it comes to my consulting, it's like, OK, my job is it always comes first and my consulting is on the side. You know, I'll clients here and there. But how can I, you know, focus on that and make that my priority so that I can build it to a point where I can just walk away? Yeah, this is tough. And this is why I'm so thankful I was laid off because honestly, I would still be doing architecture if I didn't. And you know what I mean? And and, and so my, my question to you is, 
to me, this isn't a, what strategy do you need? I think internally in your gut, you kind of know what needs to happen. You need to focus on your consulting in order for it to grow. And you even just, you even just said that. What, what we're talking about here is more of a mental thing. It's, it's your, 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 these golden handcuffs like you talked about. And one thing I love to do in these situations is think about the future, depending on what decisions you make now almost like painting a picture of, of what might happen. So how would you feel 10 years from now if knowing where you want to go, you just stuck with banking and you had that secure job and your pay, your, your income was continuing to grow steadily, but all the things you said about it, how would you feel after 10 years if you didn't take action? Well, I will tell you, Pat, that my goal is to walk away in 2020. <laughs> so you'd be like, I'm nine years late. <laughs> yes, I, 10 years, I just don't see myself doing it. And I know that there is a possibility that I'll make a lot less than six figures, you know, but I'm willing to take that risk, you know, because I only have a couple of clients here and there, I guess my concern is, you know, what if those couple of clients walk away at one point? And then how do I focus on getting new clients? Because I feel like these clients that I've gotten have been more luck than anything else, you know, because I haven't really attracted them through. I mean, I did a couple of things through Upwork and Fiverr and more like a freelancing type of profile. Not necessarily that, you know, it was someone that I landed through my Facebook page or my website or, you know, anything like that. So I don't know. I always, I always worry when people say that to themselves, like, oh, I was just lucky. I, I don't think that's the case because you wouldn't be working with them if, if it was just kind of random. You saw the opportunity. Yes, maybe you got started in a place that's not traditional with uh, hiring these people, but you took action. You, you asked them to be a client. You are serving them. You're getting them results. Like that's real legit stuff. That's not luck. That's you and your skills. And, and you will always have that with you moving forward. And if not, they'll be even better, you know? So that's, that's, num that's number one. So, okay, so we're planning for 2020, which is, which is great. I love that you have a date in mind already. When that time comes to do that, what other things are going in your head during that time that would make you feel comfortable and excited about moving forward into this new era of life? Is it a income goal that you have? I, you had mentioned six figures a, a number of times. One question that I always have is, would you not be happy if you didn't reach six figures? Like what would, what would the number need to be in order for you? Because sometimes, yes, six figures at a job is one thing, but people are more happy making half the amount working on their own. So I'm just curious where that, what that number might be. And, and, and just so we can solidify that in your head, because maybe that number is not what you might think it needs to be. It's funny because I was talking to my husband about this a couple of weeks ago and I said, you know, even if I made half of that, I would be okay. You know, he always tells me whatever makes you happy, whatever makes you happy. That's not always helpful. <laughs> so, so half even would, I mean, you're not just saying that, right? Like you calculate it out and you're like, we'd be able to live and I'd be, you know, I, I would be my own boss and I'd have my own clients and I wouldn't be tied down to this business. And I mean, beyond the monetary thing, imagine like what, what else would this open up for you in your life if you were to move uh, into this space versus having the nine to five that you have beyond the money? Well, I have a nonprofit organization that I started in 2017 where my daughters, I have two teenage daughters and they were going through a really tough time. Um, so when I started looking for resources for their age, because they, they were both in high school, they, there was no resources available for that age and for what I was looking for. They were looking for mentorship. And when I didn't find it, I just said, you know, I'm just going to create it. So 
I started my nonprofit organization. It's Blossom of Central Florida. And what I what I would love to do is get that nonprofit to the next level. Right now, um, what we do is we rent in local libraries and, you know, we do workshops with we had a partnership with a local charter school just for a couple of months through the after school program. So I want to be able to grow that to a level where I'm reaching more girls, you know, just by, it's more of the reward. It's not even monetary, Pat. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, my question is, is the fact that you have this nine to five job holding you back from doing that? Yes. I feel that I spend so many hours at work and, you know, sometimes by the time I get out, I'm just completely exhausted. So I try my best to, you know, divide my time in between the things that I love to do. One thing I I don't know if I mentioned was that I'm also in direct sales. I'm a leader in direct sales. So, you know, everything seems to be a priority, you know, and then my nonprofit kind of, that's usually like a once a quarter type of workshop. And and that almost always takes third priority. But if I didn't have the nine to five with those hour restrictions, I would be able to focus more on that and focus on fundraising and some, doing some other things. And, you know, by making more money or fundraising, then I can probably hire people to help me with that nonprofit, you know? Yeah. And, and you have direct sales capabilities. Like, do you not think you'd actually be able to get more clients if you needed them? With my direct sales, I know that I can. Exactly, right? So, I mean, you're you're ready, in my opinion. It might not be the right time to pull the trigger on it, but you're you're ready for this. So mentally, I I feel very confident. And the other thing about this is like, okay, worst case scenario, you remove yourself from the nine to five. Things maybe don't work out, and you might be strapped for cash for a little bit. Like, what's the worst thing that can happen? Go back to work for nine to five. Yeah, I, right. Yeah, because I, I'm, my, I'm pretty sure my resume is pretty uh, marketable. So it's amazing. I mean, w- even just what you told me. I mean, you'd probably be able to get hired somebody somewhere else and make even more. To be honest, but you know, all this just to say, like, you have the capability, and like, even if it were to fail, you at least were able to give it a shot. Versus, you know, ten years from now, just go, oh, what if, what if, what if? And yes, sure, you had the steady job, but. The truth is like, even if that were to fail, you can go back. And and that's what I think a lot of people who are listening to this might not even realize. It's not like a, like they call it a leap, right? Like, oh, I'm, I'm taking the leap. But the problem with that analogy is like, you think about leaping and going down somewhere and never being able to come back up. It's more like a trial, right? And so I think you're fully capable of doing that. And, and what I would recommend to maybe even make yourself feel even more comfortable with this transition is get to the point where you start having more conversations with potential clients, meaning- you're starting now to dig that well, to build that relationship with no other agenda other than to just get a feeler out there on who might need your services. Because if you're starting to ask people when you need that, then it might be too late, right? You're gonna dig your well now before you're thirsty. And what that means is figure out who's out there who may also need your services doing nonprofit stuff and how you can just get to know them, get on their radar, maybe even start building a wait list Because right now with the nine to five, you don't have the capability to maybe have more clients at this point. And you're you're going to let people know, hey, you know, I'm thinking about opening up more spots later. Having a wait list of people to work with you is probably something that's going to feel really good and help you feel like it's a little bit easier to, to transition as well, wouldn't it not? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great idea. So get there, make those sales happen without even having, having, having to ask people to pay anything right now. And you're going to see your, I mean, I'm guessing you're going to have a line of people waiting to work with you and, and you're just going to be like, this is insane. Like, I'm just, why am I 
going to work every day when all these people need my help and they're willing to pay me. Then it's just it'll it'll be even more clear and it, it could even happen before 2020. So I just want to encourage you. You got some great things going. You're doing this amazing nonprofit stuff. You have all the skills. You can make it happen. Awesome. Thank you. What else is going through your head right now? I would say systems like, you know, attraction marketing. I hear a lot of people talking about bots and funnels and, you know, that kind of thing to build leads. So I actually just started some automation with my direct sales and I'm getting some leads through that. So that literally that is like a week old. So I, I haven't been fully immersed myself in that. But as I started doing it, I'm like, oh, you know, this is probably something I can apply on my coaching side as well. How do you not lose, I mean, someone like you, for example, how do you not lose that personal touch? Because I know, you know, a lot of people talk about automations, uh, like email sequences and that kind of thing. And I I sometimes feel like that stuff is impersonal. So yeah, it can be impersonal, especially with how great a lot of these tools are. I mean, you can literally have an entire conversation and sell somebody something with ever not talking to them at all. And, and, and to me, I still feel like, especially in direct sales, there has to be some form of personalized interaction at some point. And I think that's the key. At some point in the process, after perhaps a filtering process of, you know, understanding who these leads are and getting them to a point where you know they're warm, then that's when you can step in or a team member can step in and start offering a little bit of time and attention to them to have a conversation to close a sale. It's similar like social media. Everybody's been automating social media and you can write all these posts like ahead of time and they get scheduled out. And it's like, that's great. But where's the social part of social now? It's just all pre-written. So I always go, okay, like I want to pre-write these things that are conversation starters. But eventually I'll come in and actually interact and reply to people if they see that comment that I posted and 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 interact with it first. And so just, I, I would I would just do what you know how to do, which is like imagine somebody on the other end who is a potential client and what their user experience is like. And then at what point would they either drop off or get bored or do you think you should step in and just step in there? And then in terms of all the different things that you have in front of you that you could use all the tools, just pick one and you've likely found one already that you really like that's working, just deep dive into that. Like there's gonna be so many other, and you'll hear it on my podcast, right? Like use this strategy, use this strategy, use this strategy. Pick one and go and, and own it and have that be the way because that's going to make it so much clearer for you moving forward in terms of how people get in, where you insert yourself, and then how, how you close and then start working with those people. I cannot wait to see what happens. Like, honestly, can we get on a call again in, I don't know, six months or, or however long to just check in on you and see how things are going? Absolutely. And and I think that's one of the things that I think that um, I, at this point, I feel like I need that accountability. <laughs> so I would love that. That would be great. Okay. We'll check in with you uh, in 2020. And uh, I can't wait to hear the news. So good luck to you. Thank you so much. Where can people go? If you have a web property, where can people go to find out more about you right now? Absolutely. It's uh, www.jessrosario.com. That's J-E-S-S-R-O-S-A-R-I-O.com. And they'll find links to my website, my social media and whatnot. And and a little bit more info on your nonprofit. I, lo- I love that and would love to, to give a shout out to that as well. Thank you, Pat. That's uh, Blossom of Central Florida. And we focus on building teams through critical life skills and mentorship and leadership. And that's www.blossomfl.org. That's Blossom, F as in Florida, L.org. 
you got it down. Jessica, thank you so much. I appreciate you. Good luck, and, and we'll catch up with you soon. Thank you, Pat. All right, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Jessica Rosario. Again, you can find her Jess Rosario, R-O-S-A-R-I-O. And then you can also check out her nonprofit, blossomfl.org, which is so amazing. And I'm just so excited for you, Jessica, and everything that you have planned and the commitments that you're going to make and the dedication and the focus that's going to happen and just how much everything is going to amplify as a result of that. So congratulations. Keep up the great work. And I hope this is inspiring to those of you who are here at the beginning of the year in 2020, just asking yourself, where do you want to be by the end of this year? What are those big changes, those big decisions that you know you need to make that you can commit to? And a lot of the things we talked about today are going to help you through that. So let me know what you think. Just hashtag AskPat on Twitter or the Instagram. Would love to see you on the new website as well. Have you checked out the new website? Let us know what you think about that too. It is a much, much better experience finding what you need and getting to the solution to help you with your business in all different kinds of ways. So check that out as well. And as always, Team Flynn, you're amazing. Keep up the great work. Please subscribe if you haven't already. And of course, Team Flynn for the win. Cheers. Hey there, thank you for listening to Ask Pat 2.0. Now, you might have noticed that we haven't published a new episode in a while. And that is because in 2023, after 1,269 episodes, we decided to sunset the show. For now, at least. And this way, we can focus our energy and efforts on our other podcasts and other projects. That being said, all 1,269 episodes are still live and downloadable, and the published dates may be old, but there are still a ton of questions I've answered on the show and people I've coached. Those episodes are just as valuable as they were back then. So you can also visit smartpassiveincome.com slash askpat to dig through the archives. Plus, there's a search tool on the website that lets you search across our podcasts and blog. And of course, the Smart Passive Income podcast is still live and energetic and awesome and publishing twice a week. So make sure you're subscribed there so we can still continue this conversation. And we have some of the foremost experts and thought leaders in entrepreneurship on the show every single week. So you definitely don't want to miss it. Again, check it out. It's the Smart Passive Income podcast. Just find it wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can find it there as well. Thank you again for listening in and I'll catch you in the next one. Cheers.